Hey guys, this is Adam from the podcast and you are listening to Quick Clips. Quick Clips are condensed versions from one of our previous podcast episodes, featuring some of the interesting things our guests had to say. If you want to hear the full episode, we'll have it in the show notes below. And with that, let's start the show. You were saying, you know, within the first six months of you starting at the auto body shop, um, you know, something changed and you kind of had like this, um, I don't know, kind of maybe this come to Jesus moment where you're like, you know what, actually, I, I feel like I could do this. Um, do you, do you think a part of that is I have this theory about service-based work. Okay. And I think sometimes what happens is guys get into this industry and because they're actually using their hands and like m turning something from shit to beautiful, that that's, I mean, just hooks them. Right. And they're like, I can't even imagine doing anything else. Do you think that was, um, some kind of what hooked you into the industry or was it, do you think it was something else? Yeah. Cause I was never tactically, like I'll say this, I've never actually pulled frame, replaced the panel. Right. But in order to be the best operator I could be, I've got all my ICAR, ICAR Platinum certifications. Like, it, pretty much I can wheel myself through any any circumstance in diagnosing, assessing, and managing a facility, right? I think for me what it was, was getting to understand auto repair operators, whether they recognize it or not, I recognized it very early are very unique individual and not unique in the sense of yeah that's a unique bunch over there because i know we're that too but the fact of the matter is you need to be tactically very strong in understanding dynamics energy management um technology technology of a vehicle but you also have to have those soft skills the sales ability the ability that, that client centricity and, and what and, and so that captured my attention right away. I was like, you need to be almost the complete, you know, individual to, to operate a collision repair center, right? You got to have those soft skill abilities with your techs. And your, even more so today, those skills are required. And probably one thing we'll get into is where the skill sets of an operator need to evolve to. Because what was good yesterday, today won't be good in the not too distant future. So we can get there in a, in a bit, but um, yeah. yeah, that's what I think really captured my interest in the, in, in the industry and seeing what we do. I mean, like we're not collision repairers. We are vehicle remanufacturers. We are taking a car that was manufactured on the OE line and remanufacturing it back to those specs. And you know, I use this term, or my operations team do, it comes from the top down though. The attitude, a successful operator, it all starts at your estimate. Because I don't care how good your techs are, if you're missing damage and you got tons of supplements and you're not being effective, then you're going to hinder the ability for your technicians to be effective. You set it all up. It starts in the front. It's that 80-20 rule. 20% of your system will drive 80% of your results. And that's the office, the front and mid, right? And I mean, for me, um, seeing that 
and understanding that the impact we have in the safety of our customers, getting them back on the road with certainty, um, and just the fact that really we're, we, I use a healthcare approach. Like we are triaging damaged vehicles, AKA humans entering our facilities, our medical facilities, right? And it's like triaging, is it drivable? Well, you'll see the specialist in two weeks, that's when I'll have everything right. Or is it in an EMS off the tow truck? Well, we gotta get this thing into surgery immediately to understand what's happening here, can we save it, right? And I, and I tell my staff, I tell my, my at corporate, all the way down to our franchisees, treat this as if you're either a doctor, I think a surgeon is the best, or we're remanufacturing vehicles because you're doing more than just being a collision repair specialist. Like if you use that level, that symbolism or those, those um, w- picture words in your mind, Collision repairs, we need to elevate ourselves to another status because we're doing much bigger things than simply repairing a panel. Hey guys, Adam from the podcast. I hope you are enjoying today's episode. Just wanted to ask you a quick favor. If the show has brought you value in some way, would you mind giving us a review and sharing the show? It really helps the show get out there. Also, if you are looking to expand the services that your shop offers and you want to do more than collision work, you should really check out our company, Clarity Coat. Clarity Coat is a peelable paint that allows body shops to offer color changes cheaper than a repaint while still looking like real paint. You can also offer clear protection that has no edges and is sprayed instead of laid. Unlike vinyl and PPF, Clarity Coat can be sanded and polished so you can give your customer the exact look that they are wanting. If you are looking to expand your shop's services, go to ClarityCoat.com and fill out our Become an Installer form. All right, let's get back to the show. What are you? Do you have someone that you trust to go in, watch a car getting repaired, and saying, "Okay, I think we could probably cut here. We could probably cut here. Like, how could we make this more efficient? How do you guys still keep innovating and looking at processes to cut down?" Yeah. Time? So, so what we do there is, uh, you know, my 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 partner Don Perkilo uses a uh, Lean Six Sigma software called MiniTap, and he takes a download of data through our dashboard. And he can see at scale and on mass where the cycle time, the highest cycle times are per department and pre-repair. So that's then where we look at measuring the Pareto chart. So again, it's a chart that highlights where, why there were failures in hitting the required cycle time. So right now our goal on drivables is seven days. But we're working beta programs right now to shrink that down to we're measuring five and we're measuring three days on drivables, right? So now we can look at it and and I can't get into this piece too much, but I can share with you, there are four simple criterion that again, if you execute these four, you make your most significant competitor insignificant very quickly. Right. So what we do is we relate all of the what we call defaults or, 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 or faults in the process around those four. And then we look at where was the most frequency and which gave them the highest relevance. And then we dial in training on one of those big four. We simplified. It's just four easy things. One of them, I can tell you, is the estimate. Ladies and gentlemen in the audience, I'm going to tell you right now. If you're going to blow through your estimate because you're proud of supplements or you think you can do it later, look, I'm just going to tell you right now, 
there are some very critical components that are hurting your business when you have. So here's where you got to look at it. You have one, fine. But identify why. Identify what you need to do to stop it and start that practice immediately. You have another supplement, do the same. And the reason being I just want to share is you hurt your own cycle time, which whether you're a part of a DRP or not, Cycle time, lower cycle time is directly correlated with a higher client experience and NPS. So have respect for your own brand and have some more respect for your customer and let's shrink that cycle time down. Not to suggest they don't, but if you have that attitude, you'll you'll plow through it, right? You'll work towards it, right? Your AR, cash flow is the heartbeat of any business. You know the way adjusters are today. It's not just in the Canadian market. They want to touch a file once, Right? And if they can, and they've got everything up front, they're going to pay you right away. They just want to close that file. That's their whole purpose, right? And then your return on assets. The faster your throughput is moving, the more sales you're putting through, the higher return you're getting on any technology you've deployed in your shop. What were some of the things that you guys implemented or that you're currently um looking at or practicing as far as leadership and everything like that goes with well, your customers because i'm sure in canada just like it is in everywhere else in the world you know having bringing on text is the hardest thing and i i'm a personal believer that honing in your um leadership skills and management skills and people skills is the key to all of that oh, that's the i think you just nailed it but i'll tell you everything rises and falls on leadership and if you've ever read the book or have heard of it, John C. Maxwell's 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, that's an annual read for me. And I'll tell you that chapter one will probably change your life if you just read chapter one about three times. It's called the law of the lid. And what that says is you have a lid on your personal, professional, social, financial career. And that lid is regulated by your level of leadership. So if you're at a six, you can't have an eight lifestyle or career or social relationships. If you do, you'll quickly fall below to a five because you just can't sustain it if your leadership's at a six. And, and even employees, you can't have eight out of ten leaders if you're at a six. They may be there for the short term, but eventually they'll leave and you'll be back down to a five. How do you fit all this time to do Canadian Collision Industry Forum? Like, where does that come into the picture? Yeah, you know what? That's I think what happens there is, as I mentioned in my, you know, how I got to my in my career, I think my passion for industry is connected to my passion for family. So it was my passion for family that brought me into the industry. And I think somehow they've linked, right? And, you know, and, and, and um, Steve Jobs said it best, like, don't do something you don't love. Because you will not be your best at it. Just give up and find what you love. And that's what you'll be best at. For me, I look at myself as a leader in industry and a steward of industry. And if you want to be a steward of industry, if you want to help make sure what's good for industry is good for your business. But it's got to be good for industry. And I think I have some opportunities to provide and share with industry. So you just make time. And, and, and why you make time, you know, is focusing on what I call HPAs versus LPAs. 
high payoff activities versus low payoff activities, right? And 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 look, growing a brand nationally, working on go to market in the U.S., managing insurance relations, managing my family, managing social life. Hey, it's all busy, right? But what the key is. We've got to write down a list. and So this is how I do it. This is how I share myself with the world, uh, I like to say, is write down all the activities in a day that you do, even in a week. And then write an HPA or an LPA beside each one of them. Which one is moving your business or your personal career or your, your, your social life, your family? Which one's moving it in a positive direction? And if one's not, market an LPA. Isolate those LPAs and do one of three things. Automate it so you don't have to touch it. Delegate it so you don't have to touch it. Or better yet, delete it completely so you never have to touch it. So you don't have to touch it. <laughs> just don't touch it, right? And look, easier said than done, but just start. Start. You'll, you'll find in weeks and then a month and then months and a year, you'll be so far ahead. You know, you, you, you need a, a, an ultra magnifying glass to see where you were. Anything that you want to send people off with as kind of just like one last thing to think about? Yeah, I do. Actually, I think, you know, some of the most profound lessons I've learned in my time and, and if I can share them to help others, then, then it's really doing good. And I can say learning, so learning from some of my mistakes and, and here's a key to do so. Number one, Focus on being a goal-rich organization, even at a single-store operation. Identify what goals do you want to hit, profitability, sales-wise, um, you know, cost of goods sold, NPS, whatever it is. Focus on that, list what the goal is, what, what you're going to attain from this goal, because that's going to be your anchor, because things won't always go your way, but that's got to be why you stick to it. And build out the obstacles to attaining it and pre-consider the solutions. So now you, again, that's that whole landmine piece, right? You know what's going to happen, but you prepare for it in advance, right? So that's one. Focus on time management, which goes back to HPA, LPA. Focus only on your high payoff activities versus your low payoff and make sure that 85% of your day is focused on high payoff activities. And, And thirdly, we know that profitability has become uh, more difficult with inflation and we can't always get some in some points remunerated to the to the fact that we feel we should but don't do it by yourself put in gain sharing programs with your staff so for example we we have a program where we want to be at painted materials five percent loaded as a cost of uh, a cost of goods of as a percentage of sales So what I do is share with my staff, here's some best practices on consumption, but if you get me below 5%, I'll top it up, and that difference, I'll pay to everyone quarterly as a bonus, right? And it's the same with electricity. Baseline what your consumption is and say, hey, if you help me get below this, I'll share 50-50 with the staff. Or 73, however it works. But what do you care? You're below what your original baseline was. Whatever you're giving them is free money. And now they're going to start to manage it on your behalf. So for collision repairs, or again, any business, 
those are three if i can instill any suggestions for improvement in this difficult environment that we're in uh, those are three uh, bullets in the chamber. All right, that does it for today's quick clips. If this episode has brought you value, would you mind giving us a review? Also, if you would like to learn more about Clarity Coat and what it can do for your business, please visit us at claritycoat.com. See you on the next one.